1: Michael Cohen breaks his silence, but who is he speaking to? Plus, if a trade war is coming, did Donald Trump just move his troops into position? And new evidence that North Korea is indeed still a nuclear threat, despite what President Trump says. This is the State of America tonight.
0: It is a shot across
1: the bow, I think, at the White House.
0: He's not gonna put Donald Trump first, and if he needs to make a deal to help protect himself and his family. He's ready to do that now.
2: You just want to know if you're worried if he's going to cooperate with federal investigators. No, I'm not worried because I did nothing wrong. We need to rebuild our immigration system from top to bottom, starting by replacing ICE with something that reflects our morality. You abolish Ice as it is as an executive agency, it reflects the policies of the White House, of the president. You get
0: rid of ice, you're going to have a country that you're going to be afraid to walk out of your house.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Tonight, loyalty. Loyalty. Hard to come by these days, and definitely hard to come by when it comes to anything having to do with Washington and, well, politics. For President Trump's now former personal attorney, the word loyalty sure seems to be top of mind, though, right now. Remember, this was Michael Cohen just last year.
3: I'll do anything to protect Mr. Trump, the family, now Vice President-elect Pence, um, as well as the campaign.
1: Oh, what a difference a little over a year, a criminal investigation, and a raid on your office and home Kedbank. Bank. Cohen famously once said he would take a bullet for Donald Trump, is now suggesting something very different. In an off-camera interview with ABC News, Cohen was asked the all-important question right now. What would he do if prosecutors offer leniency for information on Donald Trump? His answer? To be crystal clear, he writes, says, my wife, my daughter, and my son, and this country... Have my first loyalty. And to be crystal clear, Donald Trump was not on that list that Cohen is laying out right there. And he was asked a couple times. After the interview, Cohen tweeted out a picture of his sit down with George Stephanopoulos saying, quote, my silence is broken. So why exactly is Michael Cohen breaking his silence now? And what does it mean for Donald Trump? That, it seems, is still up for debate.
0: The choice to do this and to not do it on Fox, where he would be signaling kind of sympathy for the president, to go on ABC with George Stephanopoulos, it is a shot across the bow, I think, at the White House. But what its ultimate intent is, I think, is still too early to tell.
1: A friend of Cohen's tells CNN that others in his his inner circle have encouraged him to, quote, get his voice out there. And when asked about the possibility that Trump's team and allies could come after Cohen once he speaks out, Cohen was defiant telling George Stephanopoulos, I will not be a punching bag as part of anyone's defense strategy. I am not a villain of this story, and I will not allow others to try to depict me that way. So, there's a lot in what Cohen is saying, and there's a lot in what Cohen does say, as you can see, but there's also a lot in what he doesn't say. And on the issue of Stormy Daniels and the $130,000 of hush money that Cohen paid out to her during the 2016 election. Until now, Cohen's been more than chatty about it all, saying that he made the payment on his own to protect his client without his client's knowledge. And now, this. I want to answer. One day I will answer. But for now, I can't comment further on advice of my counsel. That's a little something that we like to call a tease in the television business. But in the legal realm, it could mean something else.
0: When a witness is cooperating with federal prosecutors, the first thing they're going to tell him is, keep your mouth shut. We didn't see General Flynn making public statements. We didn't see Papadopoulos making public statements when they made uh, a deals to cooperate with uh, prosecutors. I think that's sort of an indication he's, he's shopping a deal, but he doesn't have one yet.
1: But back to the issue of loyalty. When it comes to remaining loyal to his base, the president is definitely that. Today's case in point, CNN has learned that the president is taking his America First pledge on trade to new levels. Sources say the White House has drafted a bill that would give the president sweeping power on the issue of trade and stunning few restrictions. He could ignore key rules established by the World Trade Organization and single-handedly raise U.S. tariffs, effectively withdrawing the U.S. from the global organization that sets the rules for trade and has done so for decades. Just moments ago, Donald Trump said that that the WTO has been bad for the United States. The draft bill, yes, it would need to pass Congress. We should say that the president was leaked. The president's commerce secretary says talk of leaving the WTO is overblown.
4: There are some reforms needed at the WTO. I think there really is a need to update and uh, synchronize its activities. And we'll see where that leads. But I think it's a little premature to talk about simply withdrawing from it.
1: Regardless, one foreign policy advisor to three Republican presidential campaigns says, overblown or not, the president's desire to unravel all of these trade alliances is all too real.
0: I'm not sure exactly where this came from in the administration, but this is clearly scratching an inch for him because of his incredible uh, hatred towards the WTO, towards NAFTA, towards NATO, towards the entire alliance uh, structure and and the free trade structure uh, that U.S. policymakers created in the 1940s.
1: And speaking of loyalty, is Kim Jong-un being loyal to the spirit of that much touted, at least by President Trump, Singapore summit agreement? I ask because President Trump tweeted shortly after that Singapore summit, everybody can now feel much safer than the day I took office. There is no longer a threat, a nuclear threat from North Korea. But now there's this.
4: The DIA, the military intelligence agency, says their latest assessment is that Kim won't give up his nuclear weapons and instead, at least for now, will try and hide what he has to actually give up his nukes, to let inspectors in, to verify what is there, to make an honest and candid declaration of what he has. The Pentagon is very skeptical about all of that right now.
1: Add to that, the Washington Post is reporting that U.S. officials believe Kim is considering um, ways to conceal the number of weapons and the number of production facilities that they have in North Korea. How's that for loyalty? Well, I guess that would be Kim being loyal to the precedents that were set by his father and his grandfather. Still, for President Trump's national security advisor, John Bolton, hope springs eternal, it seems.
3: We have developed a program, I'm sure that uh, Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo will be discussing this with the North Koreans in the near future, about uh, really how to dismantle all of their WMD and ballistic missile programs in a year. If they have the strategic decision already made to do that and they're cooperative, we can move very quickly.
1: And where is the loyalty here? Democrats are now debating amongst themselves whether the right answer to the crisis of separating families at the border is to wipe out the agency in charge of it altogether.
2: The president's deeply immoral actions have made it obvious we need to rebuild our immigration system from top to bottom, starting... By replacing ICE with something that reflects our morality and values.
1: But again, not all Democrats agree with Democrats.
3: Abolishing ICE will accomplish nothing unless we change the Trump policies.
2: Whatever you replace it with is just going to still reflect what this president wants to do.
3: So no, you don't support abolishing
2: ICE? I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of other things we can do before we get to that point.
1: So while Democrats sort that out, Donald Trump is making clear he is more than happy to weigh in on what he thinks the Democrats' position is, here with just one of the many tweets on this. To the great and brave men and women of ICE, do not worry or lose your spirit. The radical left Democrats want you out. Is this the message? Is this the message for the 2018 election? We're going to debate that in a second. Our promise to our loyal viewers had to get them in. But let's get back over to the White House right now and also get a gut check of some sort on where the heck things stand with that hugely successful summit in Singapore. Is North Korea playing fair? Are they ever? CNN's Jeremy Diamond joins me now from the White House with more on this. Jeremy, Donald Trump said there is no more nuclear threat, but now intelligence agencies seem to think something quite different. Uh,
0: Quite different indeed, Kate. Uh, The Defense Intelligence Agency now believes that kim jong-un has no intention of engaging in any kind of denuclearization process the defense intelligence agency it should be noted bases a lot of its intelligence reports on satellite imagery uh, and other kinds of uh, technical intelligence and so the, it appears to be that there are indications that north korea it has no intention of stopping uh, its nuclear program may in fact instead be advancing it uh, according to some reports uh, but that, that as you noted very much Clashes with uh, the president's rosy assessment of his summit with the North Korean leader, Kim Jong un. Uh, the national security advisor to the president, John Bolton, uh, he was asked about the president's comments and about some of these intelligence reports. He declined to comment uh, on, on these uh, reports about the Defense Intelligence Agency's assessments, but it was very interesting to hear how John Bolton was delivering his uh, talking points about North Korea. There were a lot of ifs in what he was saying. If Uh, Kim Jong-un is indeed committed to denuclearization if indeed they have made this strategic decision to denuclearize. That was the contingency of all the points that John Bolton was making uh, just yesterday. So that is important to note. Nonetheless, John Bolton moving forward with this assessment that North Korea could be pressed to denuclearize within a year. Uh, That is way ahead of uh, some assessments that have been conducted by some uh, independent analysts on North Korea and on denuclearization uh, in general. So that remains to be seen. But a lot of these questions will be answered as uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo prepares to have some follow-up sessions uh, with uh, the North Korean leadership. uh, And that is when we will finally know whether they will disclose all their nuclear sites and whether they are indeed prepared to take those concrete steps to denuclearize.
1: Kate? Some hugely important meetings coming up for where this goes, if it goes anywhere at all from here on out. Great to see you, Jeremy. Thank you. Coming up for coming up for us, Donald Trump is on the verge of reshaping the highest court in the country. Every Supreme Court pick is a major part of any president's legacy. Why then does this pick come down to just one vote by one senator? Possibly the panel weighs in next. All right, one week until President Trump announces his nominee to be the next Supreme Court justice, or at least who he hopes to be, that leaves one full week of full-blown speculation of who is the right pick, who is the wrong pick, and what senators are looking for to decide their vote on that pick. The panel tonight, Basil Schmeichel is here, Democratic strategist and former de- director of the New York State Democratic Party. Rob Astorino is a Republican commentator, former New York Republican candidate for governor. Alice Stewart is a CNN political commentator, Republican strategist former communications director for Senator Ted Cruz, and Alex Burns, a CNN political analyst, national political correspondent for The New York Times. Great to see you guys. Rob, what is your message for Senator Republican Senator Susan Collins right now?
0: You're running in two years. (laughs) and If you want to vote against the president's nominee and our party's nominee for Supreme Court, uh, you do so at your peril, because you're going to be running in a year that the president is also running. And the last thing that any Republican or any Democrat wants, right, Or incumbent is a primary and I think she would really open herself up to a primary does it really come
1: is it really looking to come down to one is it really looking to come down to Susan Collins right now
3: she's voted in the past for them look in in theory it could come down uh, to one vote but in practice you're looking at really this block of probably half a dozen senators in both parties uh, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski from the Republican side and then a group of four red state Democrats on, on the other side who If there were to be a nominee who appeared to be outside the mainstream or somebody who was uh, ethically compromised or really messed up in their confirmation hearings, you would probably see those groups move together if there was going to be a nominee actually blocked. It's really, really hard to imagine uh, those two Republican women voting against a nominee that the president sent up unless there was lockstep Democratic opposition. It's also hard to see all those four Democrats uh, you know, maybe as many as half a dozen Red State Democrats voting against a nominee who is going to make it through anyway.
1: So you have, you have Susan Collins who is saying that she will not be able to support someone who does who, when, it comes to, when it comes to Roe v. Wade. This is abortion rights. This is a long established uh, Supreme Court decision. And Anthony Kennedy has been the vote to continue to hold mm-hmm. up abortion rights over the years. Um, I think we have a soundbite of comedian John Oliver, his take on exactly how this might play out. Let's listen to this.
4: It's time for Democrats'
1: favorite game.
0: Hope Susan Collins flips and be disappointed
1: when she doesn't. <laughs> it's funny because in not True. so distant yeah. past, you've seen Susan Collins saying that she can't vote for she can't vote on health care until then she gets a certain what she thinks are assurances and then votes for it. Tax cuts, same thing. What do you think?
4: Uh, I mean. To what everybody has said. I mean, it's sort of a trial balloon, so she'll test the waters for now <laughs> in terms of narrative, but when it comes down to it... I. It'll be difficult for her, as you said, to to vote against the uh, uh, the the president's nominee, and this is why it's important when I tell people to go vote, to go vote, because even things that are even things that are for Senate confirmation, you know, the president, Congress tends to believe that the president should get his or her nominees, and And that's problem.
2: Yeah, and I think another fun game for John Oliver would be hope President Trump nominates a moderate Supreme Court justice, and be disappointed. The reality is, he is going to nominate... It's better them. when John Oliver says it. I love you know. Oliver He's got graphics. He's got a live story. mean, he's clearly <laughs> going to nominate someone who's very, very conservative, pro-life. We uh, heard today, he's mm-hmm. leaning towards a female, Amy Barrett. And, and the key is, to, to Alex's point, I think these uh, Democrats up for re-election this year are, are more to put the fire on them because they, they need to get the votes from their, their states this year. And I think that is more more critical, and, and the president is not going to budge. So, social conservatives got him elected or were key in getting him elected, and their number one issue, my number one issue, the only one that I truly believed he would follow through on, was conservative Supreme Court justices. So this is critical. It might sound boring talking about justices, but it is critical for voters. Well, and it's, no, it's no, and what no. has
1: the longest legacy. But yeah. this yeah. is why last week it was our friends on the Hill were saying that Republican senators were literally like jumping across the tracks trying to avoid answering these questions. And they were dodging. And there there is a lot of uncomfortable conversation where it shouldn't be. It's straightforward. Do you think Roe v. Wade should be overturned? And a lot of people like to dance around it. And maybe this is what it comes down to. Quinnipiac just came out with a poll and it says more than six in 10 voters, 63 percent agree with the decision Roe v. Wade on abortion while 31 Percent disagree. I don't have the breakdown in here of exactly where where we're talking like Republicans feel about this. But when you're talking, I mean, this is where where is the country on this issue?
3: No, there's no question that the majority is in favor of protecting a measure of abortion rights that would be up for grabs in the event that Roe uh, got overturned. There's also evidence that people are in favor of certain kinds of restrictions on abortion that courts have struck down and and that, yes. uh, and that a, a more conservative Supreme Court would probably allow to go through, but that sort of straight up or down on row question, the polling is very, very consistent on that and just as a political matter, I do think there is sort of a uh, you know dog that caught the car element here mm. in terms of the the That's turning the Supreme it. Court uh, to a solidly conservative majority because you know, it has been an enormous galvanizing force in electoral politics for 35 years on. on the right to say, let's overturn Roe v. Wade. Once you actually do it and abortion rights becomes a state by state political battle in a way that it simply is not right now because of the role of the judiciary, that becomes much, much, much messier. And that is part of why even Republican senators in states that, you know, tilt to the right are much less comfortable talking about
1: this. Answer to the three Democrats. There are three Democrats that are up for election in red states. They already had a tough go. They were already facing a tough go of it, and now it's even more of a tough go. What's your advice?
4: Much more so, um, and because I would actually stay to hold their ground, and what I mean by that is... You can. can you, it, it's okay to vote against these nominees, although they probably won't. It's okay to actually do that because I actually think that abortion is one issue, but there are so many other issues that, that actually need to be contended with. Gerrymandering, for example, and yeah. checks on presidential authority. Those are the things that I think they could run on if they decide to vote against the nominee. Oh,
1: but and we'll never what? have a
0: nominee, a, a nominee that'll get in, in you know be confirmed if it's always on ideology.
1: Well, here's the thing. I mean, they're qualified. Traditionally, I mean, traditionally, if you've got a Republican Senate, you've got a Republican president, that's, I mean, maybe that's all we need to know. But who knows? It is the Senate and Congress right now. Coming up, abolish ICE. That's the new rallying cry from some Democrats. So why does Donald Trump think it will be a winning issue for him, it seems? Instead, the panel is in on that next. (laughs)
2: this we should be very careful not to oversimplify this I think you know people are I think we just have to understand that that agency provides important services and